Welcome to church. Let's stand and worship Jesus together this morning.
We have the confidence of knowing that when we are running this race of life, that God is with us. He's right by our side. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And another thing that we get to walk in confidence in is knowing that if our God is for us, who can be against us? Our God is greater than anything we face in life. And so that's the posture that we need to worship from this morning. That's the joy that we need to worship with this morning because our God is with us and he is far greater than anything we could ever imagine.
gather here this morning to praise you. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you for your promises. God, I just pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open to whatever it is that you want to do in us this morning, God. God, I pray, Father, that we would respond in obedience, that we would respond in faithfulness, God. God, and that we would be transformed by an encounter with you, God, for that is what we seek, to know you more, God, and to walk out this life in relationship with you. So God, I just pray all throughout this building and online, Father God, speak to all of us, Lord, and be glorified and praised. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before you sit down, turn to the person next to you, give them a high five and say, it is so good to see you this morning.
Uh, you can be seated. And it is indeed good to see each and every single one of you this morning. Welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. We are so glad that you guys decided to join us in worship this morning. If you are a guest with us, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. If you, uh, hopefully you got a program when you came in. If you want to fill out that connection card for us and drop it in the buckets as they come by during this next song. We just want to be able to connect with you, say, hey, welcome to church, answer any questions that you might have, and really just welcome you into this community. For there really is no greater community in Fredericksburg than Salem Fields Community Church. Amen? Amen. All right. Hey, we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. We just got done worshiping Jesus with our singing. And so this is another way that we get to worship him. We believe here that every single blessing comes from God. And so by giving the first fruits of what God has given us back to him is another way that we worship him. And so there are many ways that you can do that here this morning. Uh, you can do cash or check as the buckets come by. You can go out to one of the giving kiosks and you can do debit or credit out there. If you are online, welcome. Just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or the easiest way to give is through the Salem Fields Community Church app. You know, we showed someone last night really everything that you can do through our Salem Fields Community Church app. And they were blown away. They were like, I didn't know I could do that or that or that. So I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't downloaded it, do so. And if you do have it, check out everything that there is. It is such a valuable resource for everything Salem Fields and to help you in your faith journey. Uh, so just a couple of other quick announcements. Uh, we are going to have our celebration service coming up May 7th. Uh, at 6 p.m., we are a church of three services, but this is a way for us to come together in one service, all three services coming together uh, at 6 p.m. on May 7th, and just celebrating everything that God is doing in and through our lives and in and through our community. And so there's going to be child dedications, uh, baptisms, communion, worship. It is going to be an amazing time. And so I definitely want to encourage each and every single one of you to be there. If you're interested in getting baptized or having your child dedicated, Fill that out in your connection card, or you can go out to the Welcome Center, and we'll get you signed up today to make sure that you can be a part of that. And so uh, if you have any more questions about that event, email info at SalemFields.com. Also, next weekend, our men are having their men's camping trip. Uh, it's just Friday night and then Saturday morning into the afternoon. Uh, we're going to be going out to a uh, church member here, Tim Maloney. He has an amazing uh, farmland out in Culpeper. Uh, there is the Rapidan River, which runs right behind it. We're going to be doing some fly fishing on that. He also has a friend that's going to come out and teach us some incredible survival techniques. And there are also there's a shooting range on the property, so you guys can bring your guns and have an amazing time with that. I, I, I shot a gun once, and I don't see the, the excitement. But... Some of you love it, and so we definitely want to encourage you guys to be a part of that. The cost is only 20 bucks, and that is just to cover dinner on Friday night, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday. It's going to be a great time, uh, and so we hope to see you guys out there. You can sign up by going to visiting that table, getting the card, or online at salemfields.com camping. But try to get signed up as soon as you can since it is next weekend. But women, we haven't forgotten about you either. On May 19th through the 21st, you're going to be going to Virginia Beach for the women's retreat. That's going to be a great time for you guys to get away, enjoy the beach, but enjoy fellowship with each other and just grow in your relationships with each other and with God. Uh, you can go and visit Jessica Farley out at the table as you leave here, and she'll answer any questions that you might have. The cost for uh, women's retreat varies 
depending on the room and depending on how many women go. So she'll give you all the details about that, but definitely get signed up for that great, great weekend. Well, we are so glad that you guys are here this morning. Pastor Gay has an amazing message, one that I know will challenge us all. And so before then, watch this. tuning his guitar. Good morning, everyone. Well, today we conclude our series. We've done a lot of rebuilding, haven't we? Last year we did rebuild and we pulled our funds together and we did some incredible things around this building and around our uh, state and community. And uh, now we're concluding this year, we talked about rebuilding us that it means that God needs to rebuild us. So we've done a lot of rebuilding, and we're concluding that series today, but that does not conclude the fact that we need to continue to rebuild who we are, our identity and purpose. Now, we had a key verse, and I want you to just read this with gusto. The band will as well. They actually read scripture as well as they sing. So watch this. Here we go. And now... I love your reflection, Jody. You guys sounded great. That's been our key verse. And rebuild us has meant that we are restoring our God-given, unique, true identity back to who he originally designed us to be. What was that? Oh, oh, I get a little distracted up here, so pardon me. Did you guys hear that? So then, and then you'll see some um, confetti falling down too. That was from Easter. That'll happen throughout the year. And it's really fun up here to watch everybody's eye go to it. <laughs> I get the joy of that. So um, we've talked about how our true identity is being a living building stone. And what that means is that we build our house on Jesus Christ. He is our cornerstone. That we're pursuing holiness, if we truly believe that our God-given identity and purpose is in Jesus Christ, then we will be all about these things. Uh, we're seeking, we're pursuing real hope, and we're uh, making knowing Jesus a priority. And I can tell you this from personal experience, if you really take the time to know this guy, you're going to love this guy. Uh, if you only know about him, you probably won't really, I don't know, you may not care that much. But if you learn to know Jesus personally, he is incredible. Uh, I'm in a relationship with him, and it's been amazing to me um, what, what he's been in my life. And then that will cause us to take every opportunity when somebody comes along and says, well, 
Where do you find your hope? You'll be ready to tell them you are a missionary. Buddy talked to us about that last week. You don't have to go to another country to be a missionary. You can be a, a missionary right here in Fredericksburg. And so all of that is uh, what we've been talking about in this series of what it takes to rebuild us into our original design. So as we wrap this series up, it's really important to conclude. It's really important to understand that all of this, all of this won't make much difference without faith. All of this has to be activated by faith. And it's by faith whether or not you believe that your true identity is in Jesus Christ. Because if you truly believe that, and you don't just say you believe that, this is what your life will be all about. And God will do an incredible transformation in your heart. And you'll begin to see who he originally cre created you to be, not who your parents created you to be, not who this culture has created you to be, but who God created you to be. So today, we're gonna explore faith. Listen to this song. Take another, lead the way, God, I'm gonna follow you. It's your name, 
that is a song that's hot off the press. I was walking one day, wow, I almost died. It was so hot. It was even 10 o'clock in the morning, and I had water and everything. By the time I got back, I was like disoriented and like, get me home. But uh, I heard that song as I was walking, and I said, that's a great song for faith. And I'll get to that in a minute, but um, it, it didn't even have chords up yet. And so Jody actually talked to the artist of that song, and she gave her the chords. And so you probably won't hear that being played in any other church today because uh, the artist gave that to us, and there it was. Hope you're okay back there. <laughs> wow, all kinds of things are going on here today. But we're going to focus on faith. Well, what is faith? Um, in that song, she said, uh, this, isn't, this, this isn't the road that I probably would have chosen. I don't get it. I don't know the reason for what's happening in my life right now. I'm scared. But here's what I know. I know you're with me right now. You see, that's faith. And she says, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm not just going to say, I know you're here, but I'm going to put some action to my steps. That's faith. Now, turn to Hebrews 11. If you, we used to say, pull out your Bible and turn, but now we say, pull out your phones. And if you've downloaded the Bible, which if you haven't, go ahead and do that because uh, you can have the Bible with you all the time. Hebrews 11, turn to that. And we're going to spend some time there because Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter. And it starts out the first verse. I used this verse back when I uh, did a message on hope. But today we're talking about faith. And it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Now, a couple of weeks ago when I did real hope, a message on hope, I used the same scripture. And I said, you can be sure of what you hope for, and I taught about what we can be sure of, those are the promises of God, and certain of what we can't see. We can't see that with our eyes. We don't, we don't know, uh, we can't see it with our eyes. So faith is a firm belief in something or someone for which there is absolutely no proof. Oh, there comes some more confetti. We're going to be seeing that confetti all year long. So if you see one, it's so funny to watch you up here because everybody's eye goes right to that. <laughs> so we'll just let it come down and remember Easter and all the testimony. But faith is when there's no proof, kind of like the existence of God. People will think you're nuts because you believe in God. There are people out there that will think you're crazy. You believe in God. You can't prove it. But it believes with this very strong conviction that there's something unseen. And I believe it. That's faith. You see, faith is essential to Christianity. You cannot be a Christian without faith. Faith accepts that this Bible is true right there on your phone that you've downloaded. My Bibles, I've got Bibles at home, uh, different versions, and I love holding it in my hand. But I believe that whole book is true. I don't pick and choose and say, well, I believe this, or oh, I think that means that. Nope. I believe that Bible is completely true. We have to believe that by faith. And, and we have to believe that the only way to God is by faith. Can't prove it. But there's no other way that we can get to God unless we believe in the unseen, unless we're sure 
We have no doubt that he's there. Now, the other day, uh, last week, our fam went to the Science Museum in, uh, in Richmond, and I love science. I'm a scientist of behavioral health, and uh, I saw this, and I loved it because it says change of heart, change of mind. That's really what the Bible and what God is all about. But good luck with Zeus and the... <laughs> that's Zeus. And, but that's science. That's, uh, but I loved what it said, change of heart, change of mind. So we went there, and I find it amazing and wonderful to see how God has allowed mankind to discover all of these things in the vast universe. It's incredible to me what mankind can explore and can assume is out there and, and discover. And as I walked around the museum, I realized, wow, science and faith have so much in common. Have you ever thought about that? Because the two communities, the faith community and the science community, I've found are usually hostile to each other. One wants to have a corner, there it comes. <laughs> One wants to have a corner on the market of truth. Both want to say, I have all truth. And I found them to be hostile, but I found them to be a great partnership. And as I walked around the Science Museum, I found that as well. Because both believe things exist that can't be seen. Both believe things exist that can't be seen. Like in science, cosmic particles. You can't see them, but they're here right now. They're here right now. Do you realize that? Have you, were you aware of your cosmic particles that are surrounding you? You can't see them, but they exist. And science has proven that they have. Now, with Christians, we'd say that's God. God exists. Now, Carl Sagan is, listen to this uh, lineup. He's an American astronomer, cosmologist, astrophysicist, astrobiologist, author, science communicator in astronomy and natural sciences. How would you like to have that on your name? Now, he's dead, so it really doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Whether God exists or not does matter to Carl Sagan right now. But um, he said this. He said, there's something big out there. I agree with that, don't you? There's something big out there. And then he said this, and I took this picture. He said, somewhere, something incredible is waiting to be known. And for those that don't know God, that's God. I agree with that, don't you? Something incredible is out there waiting to be known. Now, the identity of that, the identity of that something is where science and the Christian faith begin to kind of separate. Carl Sagan co-wrote an award-winning 1980 TV series, which, by the way, was the most widely watched series in American public television history up to that point. There were 500 million people across 60 countries that were interested in this, and they still are millions of people, and including us, we wonder what's out there, don't we? We wonder. Now, you do know that Jesus chose a scientist as a disciple, right? Do you know who it was? You don't? It was Luke. He was a physician. He was a medical doctor. He was a scientist. And Jesus chose him to be with him. But 
I would say that Luke would say that's something big out there, that's something incredible, one that's waiting to be known, is God, right? But Carl Sagan says that it's extraterrestrial beings. We don't know, do we? We really don't know. Neither can be proven. And it takes faith to believe both. With science, it takes a lot of faith. So if both science and believers in Jesus Christ have faith, what makes us different? Science has to prove. Science has to prove something to believe it. And we, we believers don't have any truth. We don't have, we don't have any proof. See, we have to have faith that God exists without proof, that the Bible is true and that God exists. And the only proof that God exists is a transformed life, is in you and me. That's the only way that God will be proven in this world. That's why those testimonies at Easter were so important. Because when you hear that testimony of somebody saying, I once was that, and now I'm this, and that wouldn't be possible unless there was a supernatural power that worked within me and changed me. That's all I can say. See, that's the proof in our world that God exists. You know who Bill Nye is, the science guy? Bill Nye, the science guy, I heard an interview with him the other day, and he said one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I just got the greatest chuckle. I've quoted him over and over, and I'm going to say it to you. He said, if you're a worrier, this is a great time to live. <laughs> you need to be worried. There's a lot to be worried about. We've got climate change. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've got all kinds of things that are happening that are going to be the devastation of us. So if you're a worrier, you're living in a great time. <laughs> I love that. But God's word says you don't need to worry. So which one are you? Are you a worrier? Are you with Bill Nye? Or are you a believer that accepts by faith that God says, you don't need to worry. You don't need to worry. That's hitting a lot of people here right this morning because that's what we do. We forget. God's word says there's no need to worry. Well, why is faith so important? Because it's God's design to distinguish between those who belong to him and those who don't. Because those who belong to him live by faith. Those who belong to him live by faith. There is no other way to have access to God except by faith. There is no other component of the Christian life that's more important than faith. It's how we believed we're saved from hell. The only way that we can make it into heaven is to believe in the saving blood of Jesus Christ. You can't prove that. You can't get a formula 
that's going to work that out in your life. You have to believe that by faith. And a lot of people say, you crazy Christians, there's no proof of that. And we crazy Christians have to stand back and say, you're absolutely right. Because it's by faith that I believe. It's how we believe that we're saved. It's how we believe that we're restored back to him. You can't buy it. You can't sell it. You can't give it away. It is a gift from God. And it's given to his children. See, you say, I don't have faith. Well, pray for faith. Because God gives it to you. And then once he gives it to you, it's our responsibility to exercise the muscle of faith. We can't conjure it up. It doesn't come from diligent study. We aren't deserving of it. We can't earn it. We're not worthy of it. It's a gift from God because in Ephesians it says, for by grace you have been saved by faith. By faith. And then you see it's our responsibility once that gift is given to us from God as a child of God, once we enter into that relationship with him, it's our responsibility then to exercise it. Your faith, my faith, is like a muscle. And you know where we go to the gym? We have a gym for our faith muscle. It's problems. It's troubled times. Troubled times are the gym where we go to exercise our faith. Our faith gets stronger. Our faith gets deeper because it's those very problems that will challenge you to depend on God or depend on your worry and your doubt. Simple. But isn't that interesting how we pray our problems away? And God's saying, I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you the most spectacular gym for you to work out in and for you to flex your, your, your faith muscles and for your muscles. See, I watch people on Facebook and they're getting buff, man. Those muscles are coming out there and like drinking and whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I'm thinking, are we believers flexing our faith muscle? and saying, bring it on, problems. James says, count it pure joy when you go through problems. You guys on the other end can now say, this was horrible what happened to Carly, and it took us years. But we stayed in that gym, and you know what? We exercised our faith, and now we see the truth of how God has taken something horrible and he's using it for our good to be a missionary to tell other people that God exists. Do you get it? Are we flexing our faith muscles? Or are we praying our problems away? The very thing, you know, as a, as a good parent, oftentimes you have to stand back and weep that your child needs to learn a lesson. And if you intervene, you're not doing that child any good at all. You're just enabling them to not understand how to work through problems. And that's our God. He stands back and he weeps as we go through these difficult times, but he knows that that's the gym where we're going to develop our faith muscles and our faith will be strengthened. And do you realize that faith is so important that without it, 
we won't even have a place with God. It's impossible to please him without it. It says in Hebrews 11, it says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to believe that he exists and that he earnestly rewards those who seek them with all of their heart. You seek him, you believe that he exists, and there's a reward. Do we do what we do for the reward? No. It's what God does when we exercise our faith in him. But here's the kicker. Faith isn't just sitting around and saying, oh, I believe in God. Faith is more than passively believing. Because in James it says, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by what I do. You believe there's one God, good. Even the demons believe there's God. Even the demons know that there's a God. So if you're sitting around and saying, yeah, I believe in God, well, what separates you from the demons? If you simply say, I believe. Well, what separates us is how we live. How we live our life. Because what we really believe inside is what will show up on the outside. How big our God is on the inside is what will show up on the outside. See, actions follow faith. Hebrews 11 documents people from the Old Testament whose action revealed their faith. We're gonna go through these really quick, but if you're in Hebrews 11, you can go down there and you can just see one after another. It says, by faith, Abel offered. You can read about that. By faith, Enoch pleased God. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, Joseph prophesies. By faith, Moses left Egypt. None of this was very easy. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea. The sea didn't part and then the people went through. Nope. The sea was there and the people ran straight for it because they believed that God would save them. And even if he didn't, that God would still be there with them. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, God uses anybody, welcomed the spies, and because of that, she didn't die. And then the writer goes on to say that he doesn't, or she, they don't know really exactly who wrote this, he or she doesn't have to even time to tell about all of these, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, prophets, and, and this is what they did. They, Here's some of the action. They conquered kingdoms by faith. They administered justice by faith. They shut the mouths of lion. Remember that one, Daniel? By faith. They quenched fury, flames. Oh boy, we live way far below where God wants us to be, don't we? This is what people in the Old Testament did by faith. That same faith is available to every single one of us. You see, we can know how much and where we place our faith by how we live. We doubt, we worry. We're right there with Bill Nye the science guy. We trust, we believe, we don't have to worry. We're taking that Bible as full truth. It doesn't mean that I understand what's going on. It doesn't mean that I see where I'm going, but I'm gonna put one foot in front of the other and I'm headed 
there anyway because I know that the promises that God told me that he will keep to me if I obey and I persevere and I wait are a done deal. Can you imagine us having that kind of confidence? We would change the world, just us. Just this group. We would change the world if we went out of here with that kind of faith, that we were living the promises as a done deal. That's how we can be certain of what we hope for. You see, uh, we, can, we, we can know ourselves and we can know where our faith is by how we live. Watch this. Okay. So hot. Oh, kind of a hot day. You oh, think? Yeah. So hot. Oh. Woo. What? Like three months and no rain is called a drought, right? That's what I'm saying. Oh. Now, what are we doing out here? Oh, okay, guys. I, I just thought we should meet and pray for rain. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it can't oh, hurt. Hey, right. come on. So, get on with it, man. Okay, so uh, join hands. Uh, okay. Prayer works better that way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I got air conditioning All right. here. Sweaty. All right, uh, dear God, oh, God. Lord, if you could just please make it rain. Oh, yes, please. please. And please. bring something cold to drink. Yeah. Oh, like yes. water. Remember Noah, because it's so hot. Yes, yes, it is. Water, hot. please. Amen. Uh, amen. I think that went well. Amen. Uh, uh, <laughs> I pitted out perfectly good trip for a 10-second prayer. Thanks for coming out. Okay. I'll, I'll see you at the Bible study, Drew. I'm out of here. Okay. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, waiting for the rain. <laughs> Laura, uh, take, take a look up there. I want you to see that there's just a blue sky with right. no clouds. I think that means no rain. Right. Remember, we just prayed about this. So. Oh, I know. We just prayed for rain. So, you know, the clouds are going to come, and then it's going to rain, and you're going to get wet. Are you new to this whole praying thing? Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> well, let me explain this to you. Um, I wouldn't be counting on the rain. Oh. Well, maybe it's not the rain you should be counting on. <laughs> we can sit around and we can pray and pray and pray and pray. And you know what? God wants to do his part. But he also wants us to exercise our faith muscle and put one foot in front of the other and say, God, what's my part? What's my part here in this partnership? And even if I don't understand, even look like I'm going to die I'm going to put one foot in front of the other because I know your promises are true and that's what I'm going to live in. And every time we do that, we are exercising in our gym and our faith muscles are becoming bigger and stronger. I can testify to that because I know that I decided to obey and to follow and to wait. And there were times when I just thought I was going to go insane. But at some point, you will see that his promises are true. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to trust? Are you willing to exercise your faith muscle? You see, faith is demonstrated by action. It's trust. Where do you place your trust? Where do you place your trust? Trust puts legs to your faith because we know for certain that someone or something is reliable, good, and honest. Now, do you really believe that God is reliable, good, and honest? Because we might say we do, but tell me what you're doing to step off of the edge of the cliff where you think you're going to die 
or you think that maybe God won't come through for you. We all have something. And I'd love for you just to allow the Lord to begin to speak to your own heart and your own mind to what that might be. Because if we truly believe that some, see, we usually do this with people. We want to trust people. We want them to be reliable to us. I've made this huge mistake. We want them to be good. We want them to be honest. That's my big deal. I love honesty, and I want everybody around me to be honest. And when they're not, it just it really grates on my nerves. But I'm putting trust in people. People are going to let you down. But I believe that God is good and reliable and honest and effective and trustworthy. And so I place my trust in him. And what I say I believe will then really become what I truly believe. And I believe that's one of the reasons so many people have left the faith. Because they've seen way too many people say they believe something, but when the rubber met the road, didn't come through. Now we can't blame it on anyone else. We just have to say, let it begin with me. We need to walk our talk. See, if my faith says that God exists and the Bible is true, I'm going to live as though those promises are true, that they're a done deal. And if I obey, if I persevere, and I wait, there is no need for worry. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, like I've said many times, you don't have to worry about money. You really don't. Because when you tithe and you put God first, he's going to take care of every need. It's been proven in my life. There are many people that would raise their hand right now and say, he's proven it in my life. And it's true with every other promise that he has. You really don't need to worry. You really don't. All you need to do is flex your faith muscles. Get them stronger. Strengthen them. Because you will see that God will come through for you. See, if you've listened in this series, this Rebuild Us, you're beginning to believe that your identity and your purpose really is found in Christ. And that we have to shift from what we thought it was, seeking the American dream and building a career and all of that is important and okay, but we have to shift from there to putting our faith and trust in the fact that Jesus Christ is the source of our identity and our purpose. That we are a living building stone. And if you believe that, your life is going to reflect it. You're going to be pursuing holiness. You're going to have a hope like you've never had before. You're going to learn to know Jesus in a personal way. And you will see to know him is to love him. And you will say the things that you do are not out of duty. It's because you're strengthening your faith muscle. And then when somebody asks you, and I just heard the greatest story this morning of someone being in a situation where somebody said something, uh, they didn't even know what church was. And he was like, oh, I've never had to explain church before. But First Peter 3.15 says, always be ready to give an answer. So that was very challenging for this person to say, now I've got to take it down when I go out and talk to people and somebody asks me about something, I'm ready to actually even explain the most basics of what church is all about. You see, when we love Jesus, we're just going to be, we're going to want to be ready for those moments. There's nothing more beautiful than being ready 
for the, those moments. And we will serve joyfully. It won't be out of duty. It won't be calling, calling someone up and saying, can you come in and do this job? No, it won't be that. That person will be ready and waiting like that welcome team. Man, you guys are there. You come early. You're ready. You've got your smiles on. Sometimes maybe you don't feel great, but you're doing what God's called you to do. And you believe that everybody that walks through that door deserves a smile and a handshake and to be known as important because maybe, just maybe, someone's gonna move up closer to Christ. You see, if you truly believe, if you truly have faith, it's gonna be reflected in how you're living your life. Existential philosopher Soren Kierkegaard called a decision to follow Jesus a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith like jumping off of a cliff. See, here's the deal. <laughs> we can't play it safe and be a believer. We put more faith in that chair. Did anybody come this morning and pick that chair up and say, hmm, I wonder if I can sit down in this and it's gonna hold me? No. We put more faith in a chair sometimes than we do in this God who has proven himself to us over and over and over again. We can't play it safe and follow Christ. We can't have a divided heart. I'm seeking this, but I really wanna put a little God in my life too. We can't, just can't. And we have to ask ourselves, do our actions show a willingness to be risky for Christ? And many of you sitting here will say, yeah, I know what it's like to risk for Christ, and I know how he's come through for me. How much faith do we have? Just observe yourself. Watch yourself. Listen to yourself. It's one thing to say, I believe. It's quite another to live it out, what we say we believe. Watch this. Charles Blondine, he was one of the greatest tightrope walkers in the history of the world. And one of his greatest feats was walking the, the Niagara Falls on a tightrope, 11,000 feet long, 160 feet above the water. And this he accomplished a number of times and, and always with different theatric variations. Blindfolded, in a sack, pushing a wheelbarrow, on stilts, carrying a man on his back, and sitting down one time midway while he made an ape, an omelet. And one day after he had pushed a wheelbarrow across the, the Niagara Falls and come back on that tightrope, he asked a question. How many of you believe that I could put a person in this wheelbarrow and push him across the tightrope? everybody cheered and yelled and screamed and everybody believed and then he asked for a volunteer and the crowd grew very very quiet until one man stepped out of the crowd and got in the wheelbarrow there's a difference between the crowd and the man in the wheelbarrow regards to God. Where are you? In the crowd? Saying, oh, I believe there's a God. 
I believe Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. I believe there's a new world coming. Are you in the wheelbarrow? You know, it doesn't really make much difference when you're standing on shore. It makes a lot of difference halfway across the tightrope. And in our everyday experiences, in our life, in our choices, in our, our waking up, going through our days, and going back to bed, we can play it safe. We can stay in the boat. We can maintain our comfort zone. Or we can walk on the water with Jesus. But if you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. What do you think about? What are you connected to? What's driving you? What's motivating you? What makes you make the choices you make? Who is most important in your life? Not in your words, not out of your mouth, but out of your life. There's that if you're a believer this morning, that every single one of us will ask ourselves that question. There's a man walking on a pitch black night and he fell over a cliff. And on the way down, he managed to grab a tiny little tree in the precipice and he was holding on there and he was desperate and he called out for help and, and a voice answered and said, what do you want? And the man said, I'm stuck down here holding on to a little tree. I can't hold on much longer. Can you help me? And the voice came back, yes, yes, I can. And the man asked, well, who are you? And the voice came back, I'm God. And the man said, well, what do you want me to do? And he said, let go. Let go of that tree. And there was a silence. And the man said, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> I want plan B. I don't want to let go. I'm going to die. And that's where we are right now. We're standing on the edge. And every single one of us have something that can exercise our faith muscle. And what that means is there has to be a risk. Really, we've heard that story about Peter and the water and Jesus and the boat so many times. And I don't think it's so much about that, what Peter did, as it was how much faith and trust he put in that man that he was looking at, Jesus Christ. How much faith that he believed in who he said he really was and what he could trust. Oh, stepping out of the boat and walking on the water was just the action that he did to show that he had faith in Jesus Christ and that his identity and his purpose could only come through him. That's how we were originally created to be. It's our identity, it's our purpose. So where are you at? Are you hanging on to that little tree? The voice that says, let go. You know, we give our little babies security blankets, but as adults, we've got invisible security blankets. What is it? 
What am I holding on to that if I think that I give that up and let go for God, that somehow I'm going to die? Or do you have faith in the one who loves you? The one who created you? He's not going to do it for you, and then you get to see. That's Bill Nye, the science guy. That's proof. Nope. It's going to take faith. What is it for you? One of the reasons I love preparing messages, they're so difficult because you have to stay so focused on the Holy Spirit leading you. But here's what happens every time God speaks to me, and he showed me very clearly what I need to let go of. And as I praise and worship and I'm here this morning and as I'm speaking to you, I know what that is. And I'm gonna put one foot in front of the other. And I'm gonna trust this God that has proven himself to me over and over. You see, he proved himself to Peter. Peter watched who he was the whole time that they traveled together, just like he's proven himself to you. But then a little storm comes up and ooh, we doubt, we worry. How much faith do we have in Jesus Christ, who's God, who loves us so much that went to a cross for each one of us and gives us the power to be able to exercise our faith in our world? You see, there's something miraculous waiting for each one of us but we'll never know what that is. There's so many blessings that God has all stored up just waiting to pour out, but they can never be poured out until we put one foot in front of the other. We don't say we just believe, but we put some trust and some action to our feet. There's no better song to sing than this one when it comes to faith and trust because each one of us, my prayer today, or each one of us, is that we're challenged to let go, to get out of the boat. The miracle is waiting to happen for you by faith. Let's stand together and worship.
Trust 
So maybe God has spoken to you here this morning, and he's calling you to step out onto the water to activate your faith. And maybe as that first step of whatever God is speaking to you about this morning, maybe you want to step forward out of your seat, and you want to come right here to the front. And we'll pray for you. And we'll pray that God will give you the boldness to continue to walk that out. And so if that's you here this morning and you want to take that step of faith, you want to go from just believing in God to believing God and to allowing the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit to move in your life, come forward right now. We're going to pray for you. So if that's you this morning and God has spoken to you, just come forward. Take that step of faith. And it's okay if you're not ready to, to take that step of faith and whatever God is calling you to, we're going to pray for you as well. But I do believe God has spoken mightily here this morning to so many of us, and I know he has to me personally. And so I just want to pray for you that have come forward right now. God, I just pray that you see these people's hearts right now. You see them stepping out in obedience, stepping out in faith, God truly wanting you to just move in their lives, wanting to just surrender everything into your hands, God. And I just pray that you will give them the boldness and the confidence, Lord, to continue to walk out, whether they face adversity, whether they face mountaintop experiences, whatever it is, God, let them keep their eyes fixed on you and let them walk in the power of your spirit, God, knowing that you are with them, knowing that you go before them, Lord. And so I just pray, God, that whatever it is you're speaking to their hearts right now, Lord, as they've taken this first step of faith, God, you continue to give them the next one and the next one and the next one. And God, I pray for every single person in this auditorium, every single person watching online and out in the cafe. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to, to just have your hand upon their lives, Father God. Let them experience your presence. Let them Father God, just hear your voice so clearly in their lives, Lord. And I just pray, God, that whatever those things that you want them to surrender to you, that they would have the faith and the trust to do that, God. God, and that you would give them the boldness and the confidence, Father God, to truly take that first step of faith as they keep their eyes fixed on you. And so maybe you're also here this morning and you've never taken that first step of a faith in Jesus Christ. We want to offer that to you right here in this moment. Don't leave here without taking that step of faith. And it's simple. All you have to do is pray this prayer after me. God, I am a sinner. Father, forgive me for all the wrong I have done in my life. I believe that you went to the cross and died upon that cross for my sins and I believe that you rose again three days later and that is through your blood Jesus that I have victory God I trust in you I thank you and I give you my life and if that is you here this morning and you just prayed that prayer with no one looking around as just a sign of you taking that step, saying, I have prayed that prayer. I am a new creation in Christ, and I will follow him. Just throw your hand up all over the auditorium. Amen. Heaven is celebrating. We are celebrating with you.
God is moving. He's calling people to faith in so many facets. And we rejoice here this morning. God, thank you for your love and faithfulness. Thank you, God, that you care about every single detail of our lives. And thank you, God, that you want to empower us to not just believe in you, but to walk out a living, thriving faith in you, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just go with us, that we would experience your presence, Father God, and that our lives would be forever transformed by you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Gay, for that message. And Thank you all for being here this weekend. Uh, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior here this morning, I would love to meet you right out those double doors. Uh, just talk to you about what happened and try to really help you understand that and really what your next step is. Uh, we love you guys. We'll see you right back here next weekend. Have a great week. Spirit.